So today is the 4th of July, 2021, and it's not long until the holiday of Asalaha Puja, which is an, an important day in the Buddhist dispensation. It's the day where we commemorate the Lord Buddha teaching the uh, turning of the wheel of the Dhamma, the discourse that turned the wheel of the Dhamma. And this is an important uh, day, and we know this well, that the Buddha taught that that which is of the nature to arise is of the nature to pass away. So we contemplate to see this. And we can see this in the present moment, uh, that the nature of all phenomena, of all, all around us in the environment, uh, what is there? There is that which arises and then passes away. And we can ask, is there anything in our experience or in our environment that doesn't degrade and pass away. We see that our breath, for instance, comes in, stays for a little bit, and goes out. So whether materiality or a feeling or mentality, whether it's something we feel or hear, see, taste, smell, or touch, or know in our mind, it all arises and passes away. All sanya, all memory and perception, arises and passes away. All sankharas, all proliferation, everything we think of as me and mine, as self, arises and passes away. All vedana, all feeling of body and mind, arises and passes away. We can see, have we felt uh, pleasure in the past? Have we felt pain in the past? Now, where, where is all that pleasant feeling? Where is all that painful feeling now? We see it's not a me, not a mind, not a self. It all just comes and goes. It's just a feeling that arises based on causes and conditions. And then with regard to these feelings, we have clinging and attachment arise. We feel uh, pleasure or pain arise. We feel pleasure, pain, or neutral, and it all just comes and goes. So all feelings arise and pass. All feelings of hunger pass away. All feelings of pain and discomfort in the body arise and pass away. However, this uh, element of knowing, this uh, jitta, this mind, clings and attaches to all of these as me and mine, as self. Uh, attaches to the five khandas, these five aggregates of body and mind. We may think that these five khandas are the same as the mind, or they're the same as our self. We may think that the knowing element is the five khandas, but in truth that's not the way it is. The five khandas are the five khandas, and the knowing element is the knowing element. Uh, none of it is a me, a mine, or a self. So therefore we shouldn't cling, or this knowing element shouldn't cling to these things as self. So we use mindfulness to contemplate this, to contemplate feeling tone, vedana nupasana, satipatthana, the basis of mindfulness uh, based on feelings. And the meaning of this is that when the mind is peaceful, then we contemplate feelings we see that none of it is a self, none of it is a me, a mine, a you or yours or other. 
And contemplating in this way, emptiness arises in the heart. This is the awakened one, the the Buddha. And if we see clearly, then our heart uh, realizes uh, Savaka Buddha, awakened discipleship. And this happens when the path qualities of virtue, collectedness, and wisdom gather together in, in the mind. And then we see the nature of emptiness. This is a miracle that's possible to occur. This is called vipassana, clear seeing. This is insight, knowledge arising. The knowledge of arising and passing away. So we see that there is dukkha, there's suffering, and we want a way out of this suffering. It's the same as being in the middle of a fire. This is a very direct simile, a very straight uh, simile. We're in a house on fire and it's very hot. We want to escape. And this is, this is the situation all of us are in. All the people in the world are in a house on fire because we have greed, aversion, and delusion. We have the experience of old age, sickness, and death. But we don't see this clearly. If the fire were outside of us, then we would see it clearly. But the thing is, the fire is burning inside our own minds, so therefore we don't see it. And this fire is that which takes us to birth and death, to renewed becoming in the cycle of samsara, the cycle of birth and death. And this is a birth, a becoming, and it happens like this. And it happens because we build the causes for suffering in our own minds. However, the Lord Buddha built the causes for wisdom, the wisdom of the path to the Dhamma, the way to the Dhamma, which is the way to cut off greed, aversion, and delusion, the way to right view, and which is wisdom. But how do we build this? Uh, How do we cultivate this path? Dhamma practitioners need virtue, need generosity. For Dhamma practitioners with faith already, They see that clinging and attachment is nothing but suffering. So then they put effort into their practice. They study to know and understand. They seek out those who are wise and learned, seek out wise individuals, such as the Krubhajans, the great teachers, who give us teaching and suggest to us that we cultivate merit and goodness, that we have generosity, virtue, and meditation. And this is the path, this is the correct path, just this. And then we may ask, well, why is it, having received these teachings, why don't we see clearly? It's because of that which covers over and obscures the mind, which I spoke of before, which is the five hindrances. These five hindrances which arise all the time in those with thick kilesas in normal people, or even with Kalyana jhanas with beautiful people, these five hindrances arise often. So we must endeavor to have mindfulness, to put effort into our meditation, to use our meditation word, or use wisdom to contemplate, to see impermanence, to see the ever-changing nature of phenomena, the suffering nature and the not-self nature, how none of it is a me or a mine. Or we can also use the method of uh, questioning. 
we can ask, well, where is this self that I have? Do I have this self? In the four elements, where is the self to be found? Are the four elements me or mine? Why do I call them a self? Why do I call them a me or mine? Where is the self to be found? Is it found in the hair and the nails and the teeth or the skin? So this is a method of questioning. And if one questions like this, the mind can become brighter and brighter if one uses these points to question. This is a technique used in the Mahayana tradition. So the meaning of this is uh, contemplation, just the same. And this uh, question and answer is, we can say it's discussing Dhamma, it's talking about Dhamma. So this is one way of Dhamma practice to help us realize the answers to give rise to knowledge. And then in this way, the mind can become bright and radiant if the mind is peaceful and collected. So we listen to Dhamma like this, and the mind with collectedness, with samadhi, can understand clearly, understand clearly into the nature of impermanence, suffering, and not self. Then brightness and radiance can arise, which is a great miracle an amazing quality of Dhamma. Rapture can arise for three days and three nights, and one experiences great fullness in the heart. One experiences the nature of Dhamma. And with this, faith arises in the Buddhist dispensation to a very high degree. This faith arises by itself. One doesn't need to control the heart or tell the heart what to do. But this faith in the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha arises of its own accord. So this is something that we are capable of training our minds to experience. Therefore, we must practice and train our hearts. If we don't practice, then we are individuals without wisdom. If we use a worldly comparison, we can say it's like a homeless person, someone with no refuge, no shelter no house. And we've seen these people in the world, people without a shelter or a refuge or a home, and this is a situation of great difficulty. They may have no food or no water. But if people train their minds to have an inner refuge, then in this way the mind can not be lost. This is a mind that has a kamatana meditation object such as Budo, Dhammo, Sango, a meditation word for our meditation. This is a very important point in our lives. Or we can use the method of contemplation as our main way of practice, our main way of Dhamma practice. So we don't just let the mind go and follow its habits. So in this Dhamma practice, this mental cultivation is very important. Even if we have a lot of work during the day, still we try to have effort in our practice to chant it to be so, the qualities of the Buddha, while we go about our work. Even while in the midst of other activities, we can still chant. If we're not using our brain too much while working, then we can chant while we work. We chant and cultivate our minds. So we do this method of mental cultivation to improve the quality of our minds, 
to develop our minds to make them higher and better, to make them gathered in samadhi. And this samadhi, this collectedness, there's the kanika, momentary samadhi, upajara, neighborhood samadhi, and apana, or single-pointed or absorbed samadhi. So in the beginning, the mind with momentary samadhi, we can say it's a little bit of samadhi, can have rapture arise, uh, tears flow from the eyes. The body may feel light, or may feel very big or tall. There can be tingling all over the body. So this falls under the qualities of rapture. So this rapture arises to a small degree like this, but then the five hindrances enter the mind just as before. So then we must endeavor to practice again. So know that this is the way. This is the way to peace. If the mind is peaceful, then the mind is able to control and suppress the five hindrances to make the five hindrances uh, exit from the heart. And at this point, one's able to contemplate and then bit by bit, one is able to cut off the kilesas, the defilements, to cut them out from the heart. So if we do this all the time, we do this evenly, then one day a great miracle of samadhi can arise. Perhaps all of a sudden, the mind is incredibly still, peaceful, empty. The mind is light, uh, just like this. And some people experience this. I may experience this for a long time, even for a whole month or for many months. And the mind can feel incredibly cool, uh, very, very cool and at ease. Just like one is in an air-conditioned room, one feels cool and relaxed, the body's very light. And while walking, one feels incredibly light. And at this point, there's no need to control the body and mind because the walking and sitting meditation happens of its own accord. There's no need to control it any longer because it happens by itself. This is a mind that has a high degree of samadhi. So in this time period, Lung Cha invited me to move close to his kuti, a monastic dwelling, to move to a kuti in front of his kuti. So I would walk and sit meditation walk and sit meditation right there within the sight of Lumpu Cha. And I lived there for about one month, and I didn't miss out on any meditation sessions. In this way, he was able to observe what I was doing because I was very close by. So this was a very good fortune, a good opportunity. This is the loving kindness of Lumpu Cha to call me over there, to move to the kuti in front of his own kuti, to be close to him. So I'd walk and sit meditation, and I'd offer my work. I would attend on Lumpu Cha uh, and serve him, uh, listen to Dhamma. Whatever Lumpu Cha would speak of, whatever Dhamma points, uh, this or that Dhamma point, I would listen. So this was a very good opportunity and a good fortune. This was the last period of Lumpu Cha's life, the last four years of his life. So for ourselves, we put effort into our Dhamma practice. We don't reduce or let go of our effort. And then this is capable of giving rise to wisdom. 
understanding, and knowledge can arise. So may you set your hearts on this. May you develop samadhi, collectedness, that will lead to the development of wisdom.